section seventy nine of the inheritance by susan edmonston ferrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume three chapter eight sur d'aimer toujours ou de n'aimer jamais me paraît un peu téméraire voltaire several days passed in the same manner and every day some new scheme of useless profusion was suggested by colonel delmore and adopted by the countess new stables must be built to accommodate the additional number of horses he declared to be absolutely necessary the present billiard-room was inconvenient a new one would cost a mere trifle there was no good music-room and there was no living in the country without a private theatre the present library might be turned into a conservatory and the smooth green bank which sloped gradually down to the river must be changed into an italian garden with hanging terraces and marble fountains and he sketched a design of the whole so beautiful that the countess was in ecstasies mrs st clair witnessed all this with very different feelings but she saw the ascendancy colonel delmore had gained over her daughter was absolute and she feared to come to extremities with either of them lest it should prove the means of throwing her more completely into his power and he might prevail upon her to unite herself to him notwithstanding her promise to the contrary she had remonstrated with both on the impropriety of colonel delmore continuing to reside at rossville in the present situation of the family but her words produced no effect till at length finding she could not dislodge him she formed the resolution of taking lady rossville to london as the best means of detaching her in some degree from him she thought of lindsay's words too let her see others no less gifted than he is and she thought it was not impossible that a change might be wrought in gertrude's sentiments at least there was more likelihood of its being effected amidst the novelty and variety of the metropolis than in the romantic seclusion of rossville this resolution caused infinite chagrin to the lovers to gertrude's young enthusiastic heart all happiness seemed centred in the spot which contained herself and the idol of her affections and although the mere inanimate objects of nature woods rocks water are in themselves nothing yet combined with the associations of fancy and memory they acquire a powerful hold upon our hearts every step to her was fraught with fond ideas for it was at rossville her feelings had been most powerfully excited whether to joy or sadness and rossville its trees its banks its flowers seemed all entwined with her very existence it is thus when the heart is exclusively occupied with one object it clings with fond tenacity to every circumstance connected with it ah mamma said she with a sigh how sad to think of leaving rossville when it is just beginning to burst forth in all its beauty and to immure ourselves amidst the stone and lime and smoke and dust of london do only look at these almond-trees and poplars but mrs st clair put it on the footing of her health which required change of air and scene 
and a consultation of the london faculty and her daughter could say no more colonel delmore shared in her regrets but his arose from a different cause his heart was too worldly and sophisticated to participate in those pure and simple pleasures which imparted such delight to hers but he was aware of the admiration gertrude would excite when she made her appearance in london and he was unwilling that she should be seen there until she should be introduced as his wife he thought too well of himself and her to dread any rival in her affections but still the gay world was very unfavourable to the growth of sentiment there was a multiplicity of objects a diversity of amusements a glare a glitter and bustle that could not fail to distract her attention and weaken the strength of that exclusive attachment she now cherished for him and selfish and engrossing as he was he felt the charm would be diminished were the devotion lessened but in his murmurs and repinings gertrude heard only the same tender regrets which filled her own heart even to overflowing and she loved him the more for this sympathy in her feelings the day before that on which they were to set off was the countess's birthday but she would not have it observed this day two years it shall be celebrated gaily nobly if you will said she and must this one pass away like other vulgar hours said delmore unmarked by aught to distinguish it from common days without a single memorial to mark it poor that i am i have not even the most trifling memento to lay at your feet i will not tax you so unmercifully as did the ladies of old their lovers said the countess with a smile i want neither a dragon's scale nor a hydra's head nor even a glass of singing water nor a branch of a talking tree but you shall bring me from the greenhouse a rose unique and that shall be my only god to-day colonel delmore brought the rose lady rossville drew from her finger a rare and costly gem which had belonged to the late earl such tokens are but mere vulgar and oft-repeated emblems of an old story said she smiling from queen elizabeth and the earl of essex down to the milkmaid and her rush ring but it will mark the day will it not and if you should turn rebel or i tyrant you must choose some more faithful messenger than poor essex did and that's all the moral of my tale woe to the hand that shall ever seek to wear this while i live exclaimed elmore as he pressed it to his lip and then placed it on his finger lady rossville's sole ornament when she appeared at dinner was the rose unique but the heat of the room caused it to expand too quickly and the leaves dropped suddenly away happily my nurse could never succeed in making me superstitious said she in a low voice to colonel delmore else i should have looked on this as some fatal omen the prodigy is answered he with a smile that either the rose unique has suddenly expired of envy at finding itself so eclipsed by the wearer or that your gardener forces his flowers too much i fear the latter is the true cause answered the countess laughing and it is my own fault for i never have the patience to wait the gradual growth of anything i am for everything starting into full-blown perfection at once yes you say true said mrs st clair significantly as she caught her daughter's last words art seems to carry the day with you in all things gertrude 
tis well you are beginning to discover your own foible colonel delmore bit his lip and the countess blushed with wounded feeling as she bent her head to pick up some of the scattered rose leaves End of section seventy nine